This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong, and in a moment we'll be checking in with John Carlson of 2% Realty, Johnny Smart Point. We'll see what's going on in the real estate market. That's coming up. But first, some of the consumer news headlines from the past week. How do you feel about driving in the lower mainland? If you're like pretty much everybody I know, you're fine. It's all the other drivers on the road who are idiots. Uh, But if that's the case, you might be surprised by a new survey. Kijiji Autos conducted a study of over 2,000 Canadian drivers that approached drivers' attitudes and behaviors as well as factors like road conditions, traffic levels, dangerous drivers, and the cost of running a car. And with that in mind, they looked at the 10 biggest cities in Canada and ranked who were the happiest drivers. 67% of drivers here in Vancouver say they are pleased with road conditions, along with the other drivers that they have to share the road with. Uh, And it turns out that we are pretty much in the middle of the pack. We ranked fifth when it comes to satisfied drivers. That said, just over 34%, about a third of those asked in Vancouver, admit that they have lost their temper behind the wheel recently. So who are the happiest drivers in Canada? Well, Quebec City was number one, very satisfied with life behind the wheel. That was followed by Kitchener, Ontario, Calgary in third, and Ottawa fourth. Toronto drivers were the most miserable on the list. According to Kijiji Autos, listening to music, enjoying the scenic views, and just getting that sense of freedom were the top reasons why Canadians love driving. And if you go for a drive across the border to take advantage of some cheap gas, I'll say cheap, cheaper gas in the U.S. Uh, As of yesterday, you won't need a COVID-19 test to get back into Canada. Travel agents say it's great news. They've seen a big surge in bookings of trips down south. Unvaccinated Canadians and other travelers who are exempt from the vaccine requirement will still need to provide a negative test or evidence that enough time has passed after an infection if they want to uh, enter the country again. Caitlyn Jenner made her debut as a Fox News contributor. Uh, It was on Sean Hannity's primetime show this week. Fox says she will offer commentary across a variety of platforms. Uh, The failed Republican candidate for California governor was, of course, a 1976 Olympic gold medal winner in the decathlon. Uh, She later came out as transgender. This is Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. And coming up, we're going to talk real estate with our friend John Carlson of 2% Realty. You know him as johnnysmartpoint.com. You can go to his website, johnnysmartpoint.com, and see all the new listings he's got, a bunch of really interesting properties for sale. That's all when Vancouver Consumer continues right here on CKNW. Welcome back. It is Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Martin Strong, and it's time to talk real estate with our friend John Carlson of 2% Realty. You know him as Johnny Smartpoint, and he lives at www.johnnysmartpoint.com. That's his website. Uh, You can also give him a phone call, 604-612-0080. Hello, John. How are you doing? Hey, Martin, I'm doing great. Happy spring to everybody. 
Yeah, happy spring. We we are officially into spring, and I notice on your website, uh, things are picking up. Lots of new listings, and I want to talk about those coming up. A lot of interesting uh, things going on in the market, and uh, and as you say, we're kind of like well into spring now. It feels like spring, uh, and and it also feels to me like things are changing when it comes to COVID. And I think somebody like you in your position, you probably see it first because you're out there, you're meeting people and you're out there in the world. And you know, what, what is your feeling about wh- where things are going? Uh, uh, not only in real estate, but just in, in general with, with COVID and with the spring in 2022. Well, you know, it, it's a really interesting time in, in real estate. I know in, in this program, you and I have talked over the past few months about changes that are coming and the fact that, uh, you know, no no market or no season lasts forever. There are changes. And uh, we've talked about political will to uh, maybe bring pricing under control. And uh, we've talked about interest rates and all these sorts of things. But I think, you know, one of the things that I'm noticing right now is a very basic fundamental of the real estate market, and that is we're in a spring market. So as you mentioned, uh, you know, I've got several new listings and I'll have more coming up and other agents have new listings and the supply and demand, uh, you know, inequality, that ratio that's really been tough on buyers is really starting to ease quite a bit. So it's nice to see a number of new listings in the market in all kinds of different segments because that's what we're seeing. And that's generally pretty typical as as people start to feel a little bit more comfortable with the weather and getting through Christmas and all these things. We're, hey, we're in April now and, uh, you know, the spring market is there. And that, that's very good news, I think, for for the market in general because of what we've gone through and we've talked about quite a bit. But there's also, you know, in my opinion, the, you know, COVID. Is it behind us entirely? No. But from a business sense, it almost feels like, you know, COVID is over. And, you know, I feel like myself and other agents that I'm talking to, uh, you know, we're going back to a little bit more of a traditional kind of, you know, real estate uh, practices, if you will. Uh, open houses, you're starting to see those more often. And people aren't afraid to have strangers in their home or to go into a house or to, you know, maybe even line up to get into a place. So, Uh, We're seeing a spring market come. The COVID scare, at least in real estate, seems to be, you know, really diminishing. And and you kind of hit it right on the head that, you know, I I pay attention to the the news articles that come out and I watch global news on TV and read the papers and, you know, all these things. And it's the truth of the matter is that generally what you hear is is already maybe, you know, a number of weeks or even months old when it comes to, hey, you know, the market's picking up or slowing down. Well, I've been out there doing this day by day and I'm like, yeah, well, I told my listeners about that last month. So um, it is an interesting time uh, to, to look at real estate because the fundamentals of, you know, of the of the real estate market in greater Vancouver and the Fraser Valley, they really went out the window with with COVID in these last couple of years. We, we, we got kind of a, a strange and hyper excited market. And now I'm finding that, hey, you know what? life goes on and people are coming out of the woodwork to list their homes and uh, I'm seeing a return to normal to some degree. But the other thing to think about is um, because of, you know, the market has become a bit of a, a victim of its own success, if you will, because prices have gone up and market went crazy and, you know, suddenly people on the buyer side of things get a little bit annoyed and they're, you know, they complain to their representatives, which is a good thing. I mean, that's how our democracy here works. And the, uh, our representatives and people in government come up with some ideas in terms of how to make sure 
everyone's interests are being protected. So my job as a uh, as a real estate agent is not to necessarily, you know, throw my own personal opinions out there about, oh, this is a great idea, this is a bad idea, or uh, whine or complain or do any of that sort of thing. My job is to understand what's going on today and what's happened in the past, but also to have a good feel of what's coming so that when I sit down with a client who wants to sell his or her home, I'm able to give them a very accurate lay of the land and uh, help them, you know, understand maybe that, hey, pricing strategies three months ago might be different from what you want to do today. Uh, Timing might be different. How do you want to prepare what's coming down the road? So as I've been saying for months now, um, changes are happening in the industry. Uh, Some may be good, uh, depending on what side of the fence you're on, and some may not be. But the reality is these things are happening. And uh, I think that's, uh, you know, some of the things we should talk about, at least on the first half of this program. Yeah. And it seems like, you know, the politicians who are responding to people who are, you know, upset about the the high cost of real estate, they all have different ideas uh, on all different sides about how to to make things more affordable uh, things like, you know, the cooling off period or, or, you know, raising interest rates. Uh, so I, I guess it seems clear that changes are coming, but we don't really know what these changes are. So, I mean, well, it, it, you need somebody to help you navigate. We have some ideas and that's the interesting thing. And you brought a, up a couple of things. I think, um, you know, number one, well, well, going back, let me back up a little bit. I read an interesting article just the other day, and probably a lot of the listeners have as well and yourself. And I think the headline was something like um, house prices are coming under full scale attack. And it, it kind of outlines, you know, some of the initiatives that are happening. Some of them are, you know, politically motivated. Some of them are just financially motivated. So like starting with rising interest rates, uh, we've had a market where, you know, historically, we've gone through a period of low interest rates, where if you want to borrow some money to go out and fight your way into the real estate market in greater Vancouver, the banks are helping you out. They're behind you 100% and it's cheap and easy to borrow money. Well, those days are starting to change. And we've seen, I think, one interest rate hike already. Hike, And uh, there's been a signal that there's going to be some more. And, and my feeling is, you know, we're not going to go up to the 12% interest rates like some of like the 80s and 15% and that sort of thing. But we're definitely not going to stay at 2 and 3% probably all that much longer. So we've got that to think about. And, and anytime, a, you know, a potential home buyer has less ammunition to go out there and compete against other buyers, that, you know, that deflates the market a little bit and takes a little bit of that out of it. So we've got that. Uh, I think we can talk about the... Um, uh, you know, the, the cooling off period as well, because that's now been kind of formally approved. The provincial government has announced that we're going to introduce this soon, uh, probably in the spring legislature. So I'd be looking for it end of May, maybe June, where a buyer can um, basically get into a legally binding contract that's not necessarily legally binding anymore. They have some time to change their mind and walk away from it. And I completely understand the you know, the, the idea, the impetus behind that, because a lot of home buyers have felt they've been in a position where they have to act without, you know, doing their due diligence and protecting themselves. And, and that creates problems. And, we, you know, we've all become aware of that. So uh, and the, the other thing that th- I think that that maybe I haven't heard in the press, but is probably the the biggest change in the market right now is that, you know, the panic, the panic in the market is not what it was. And if, if you look at a price graph, for instance, for detached houses in Burnaby, Langley, or you look at townhomes in Surrey or whatever it might be, you see starting, you know, 
couple of years ago, and then particularly in the second half of this last year, up until probably January, February, you see a price graph that, you know, looks like, uh, you know, like you're climbing Mount Everest or something, you know, it, it goes almost right. straight up. And we've seen house prices almost double in the last, what, four years, something like that, depending on the segment you're in. But particularly in this last frantic, say, six months, I think, you know, and, and because I'm on the, I'm on, you know, I'm doing this all the time. I am the listing agent who receives 10 or 15 offers on a property. And I, I do talk to 10 or 15 different, you know, buyers agents about their offers. And some of them are saying, man, John, what can we do to get our offer together? I mean, we're unconditional. We've got a big fat deposit. We've, we've tried on five or six or 10 other properties and man, we're, we're just getting tired of this. Whatever we can do, we will do. And there was pretty significant amount of panic in some buyers and, uh, you know, and that panic results in people, you know, deciding to, you know, just take their wallet and dump it upside down and give you everything they have. And I'm going to suggest to people that, you know, when there's panic and fear of missing out, that was the other part of it. Hey, if I don't buy today, it's going to cost me more tomorrow. So I might as well be all in today. Well, I think that buyers rightfully are reading the tea leaves out there and seeing that, hey, interest rates are going up and there's going to, you know, there's different taxes being floated around and the government's announced that they're going to take steps to cool off pricing. And also, I'm seeing a lot more listings out there. Maybe I don't have to panic so much. Maybe I can be patient. It's April now. There's lots of new listings hitting. So if, just to use round numbers, if you had a property that was a million dollars and it sells for, you know, a million two fifty because there's 15 offers. Well, if you take some of that panic out, maybe you don't get those 15 offers. Maybe you get three offers or four offers. And 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 all I'm saying is there could be a percentage. It could be two, five, ten percent. I don't know. Uh, in any given segment uh, of, of house prices, that really is only there or was only there because buyers were in a situation where they were panicked, they were fearful of missing out. And I think that 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 part of the, the top of the price market has kind of evaporated to some degree. Now it's still hit and miss, different segments are hotter than others. But for that reason alone, I think we've probably seen the high in terms of uh, pricing in most segments, um, you know, at least for the next little while and foreseeable future. So again, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of changes. I think it'll be good news to a lot of home buyers and even some home sellers who recognize that the price of their home has gone, you know, to astronomical levels and they want to maximize things. but. I think people are starting to understand that, you know, the dynamics change and the market's changing. And although we still have, I mean, an extremely robust market with lots of influx of immigrants and lots of demand for new housing and residential resale, we're, we're not hitting a market that's collapsing by any means. But I'm just saying that some of that panic and extra fizz on top of the market is starting to flatten out a little bit. We're talking to John Carlson, Johnny Smartpoint. JohnnySmartpoint.com is the website. Uh, you can email John at info at JohnnySmartpoint.com or give him a call 604-612-0080. And I think you just defined the phrase froth of a market because <laughs> yeah, because it really is it's it's like something that sort of rises for a while and then sort of comes down a little bit the the actual cappuccino is still there like the because like you say uh it's not like the market is collapsing and it, this is almost healthier for both buyers and sellers would uh, that's kind of what you've been saying all along Right. I think so. I mean, you can only grow so fast for so long before you start to see some uh, structural problems, if you will. So, uh, and, I, and and in that way, I'm I'm glad that we have governments that are looking at things to protect the industry and to protect, 
you know, the equity of homeowners, hopefully, but also the interests of buyers. And and I think that's a good time to kind of bring this cooling off period in because uh, I'm talking about into our conversation uh, to talk about it because I think that's the hot topic that a lot of people are asking me. Hey, John, like, uh, boy, if, if I'm looking at selling six months down the road, what's this cooling off period going to look like? How's that going to affect the market? And, you know, I'm reading about it in the papers and, you know, maybe I should sell my property now before the cooling off period comes into effect. What do you think? And, and you know, the, my answer to that is, you know, this is going to happen now. Um, but we don't have all the details yet and they're not even worked out yet. Uh, but, but again, for me, it's, it's something where uh, I don't have to know all the details right now today. My job is, you know, as someone with his ear to the ground working day to day is to get this information, to understand it, uh, to translate it to my clients uh, through the lens of my own experience. And in the end, uh, my job is to help people understand the lay of the land if they're selling a home or buying a home uh, in terms of what you know, what kind of environment are we operating in. And when it comes down to this cooling off period, um, you know, my job is to understand it and give people the best advice I can so they can make good decisions. And, uh, you know, I do have some some thoughts on this. I don't know how it's going to look, but talking to, you know, other agents and my broker and, uh, you know, just being out there day to day, I'm thinking of a time, okay, well, let's say there is going to be a cooling off period, which there is. To me, the first thing that comes to my mind is, you know, maybe we should start our preparation a little bit earlier if we're thinking about selling a house. So if somebody calls me and they're thinking about selling in three or four months, I say, okay, well, let's talk about this. And, and we'll re we're going to renew our evaluation, of course, at that time. And we're going to look at strategy again. But maybe, you know, whereas before you didn't have to care, maybe we should uh, start two weeks early. We should get a house right. inspector in. We should do a professional, uh, you know, inspection and uh, get all our ducks in a row. So to give buyers maybe fewer reasons to want to back away in the first place. Well, let's, uh, let's take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about some of the, the new listings you've got. There are a lot of new listings on your website at johnnysmartpoint.com. And let's see what's out there in this market as the froth slowly, slowly goes back down to the cappuccino. We'll have more with John Carlson, johnnysmartpoint.com when Vancouver Consumer continues right after this. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong, and this is Vancouver Consumer on CKNW with Johnny Smartpoint, John Carlson uh, from uh, johnnysmartpoint.com. That's his website. And uh, you can give John a call at 604 612 if you're thinking of uh, selling a property, um, I guess it's always a good time. It might be a, a great time at the moment. And uh, John, uh, sending people to your website at johnnysmartpoint.com. Uh, not only will they see uh, the kind of experience you have, you've sold over a thousand properties in the lower mainland. You've been doing this for, you know, 25 plus years, uh, but also a lot of new listings which is very, very encouraging because for the past uh, year, we've been talking about the low inventory, not a lot of stuff out there for people to buy, but that seems to be changing judging by your website. You've got some pretty interesting properties for sale there. Yeah. And you know, I've, I've always been taking listings, but when you go to my website and a lot of other agents' websites more recently, there's not many there because they sell pretty quick. Um, mm -hmm. But having said that, I do have some, some new listings that I really want to talk about because, uh, you know, they're, they're worthwhile. Um, and as I mentioned, I'm going back to a little pre-COVID times a bit and, and entering into the open house type thing. So the, fir the first one I want to talk about, 
uh, is uh, this is a condo in Burnaby in the Lougheed Mall area, the Caribou area. And I'm going to have it open tomorrow, Sunday, 1 to 4 p.m. List price of this one is $4.98, and um, it's unit 110-9584, Manchester Drive. A lot of people know this area. Nice walking paths towards the mall. And this is a two-bedroom, one-bath condo. It's about 900 square feet, listed for $4.98, as I said. And this one's nice because, you know, it's lady-owned, it's decorated, renovated. It's absolutely gorgeous. I guarantee this is the best-looking condo in the price range in the area. It's beautiful. Uh, it's rentals allowed, so investors are also welcome there. And, you know, it's got the renovated kitchen and all that sort of thing. So I'm going to be there Sunday, 1 to 4. We'll be looking at offers later on next week at it. So uh, we do have an offer date set. And if you want to go to my website, I've got the floor plans. I've got the 3D tour. I've got, you know, all the pictures and all the information that way. And people can call me and we can set up showings for other time as well. But there's the one on Sunday. And then on Monday, this one is this one is really fantastic. I've got a townhouse in Abbotsford West area. And this address is unit number 18. And the street address is 3555 Blue Jay Street. And it's listed at 899.9. And, you know, wow, this is another standout. This is 2,800 square feet of, you know, two levels uh, in, a, in a gated complex. So really nice. It's called Slater Ridge. And this one, oh my goodness, these people have done a fantastic job of, you know, renovating this, this property. We're talking new granite countertops, solid hardwood, oak floors, cherry floors, a double garage that's got the epoxy sealed floors and built-in cabinets. Um, you know, it's a three bedroom. It's got a giant rec room that would make a great fourth bedroom. Age is fine. You can have kids there. You can have pets. There's no rentals. Um, but this townhouse, I'm going to be there Monday night. Now, this is a little different. Open houses don't all have to be Saturday, Sunday. I'm going to be there Monday, 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. So people who might want to come and see it or if agents want to book a time where I'm there and I can walk them through personally, that's what we're going to do. So this one's $899.9. It offers the size. It offers the condition. It's a fantastic development with a new roof just last year. Maintenance fees are super reasonable. So this is another listing that I'm very happy to have uh, at uh, number 18, 3555 Blue Jay Street. We've got the tours, the pictures, and all that stuff on the website. So thanks for letting me wow. pump that one as well. Yeah, 2,800 2, square feet. I was just going to say 2,800 square feet. That is a, a nice size. Well, you know, like detached housing prices have, you know, obviously gone up and this one feels like a house. It's an end unit. So lots of windows and, uh, you know, you, you would swear you were in a house when you're inside it. The rooms are big, coffered ceilings, great finishing. Take a, take a look at the website, take a look at the pictures because I'm not lying. This is a nice listing. Um, and then I've got another one that uh, I'll actually be at later this afternoon. And we're looking at offers later in the week. So there's lots of time, but this is a, a two bedroom, two bath condo in Langley, Willoughby Heights area. And uh, a lot of listeners may be familiar with the Yorks and Creek area. A lot of newer condos. This one's, uh, you know, about seven years old, I think. And it's 1,100 square feet. The nice thing about this one is not only is it beautiful inside, like all the condos are there, quite frankly, this is a ground level unit with a really large private patio. And the patio uh, fronts onto the playground. There's a there's a playground for young kids in the development. So if if you're a young family uh, with you know a family with young kids maybe, or pets, and you don't want to you know walk hallways and elevators, literally in this place you could go out to your patio. You could open up your private gate to the little playground area, and you could oversee your children playing there while you're on your own property. I mean that's pretty unusual with the condo. This one's listed at seven forty nine uh, seven forty nine nine. 
And, you know, it's got an awful lot going for it. Two parking spaces, storage, excellent development with, uh, you know, rec center and all that sort of stuff. So these are three listings that I'm really excited to have. Uh, I don't expect any of them to last very long. Um, and so uh, I'm definitely available to uh, other uh, sellers out there who might want to talk to me because uh, uh, the market's starting to roll and uh, in terms of listings coming up and things are selling still. So uh, these ones won't last too long. And I'm definitely looking to talk to other sellers who are getting ready to put their place on the market as well. Smartpoint.com is the website to go to, to see these listings and uh, lots of open houses coming up, which is, which is great because in the past couple of years, we've kind of gotten used to uh, life through zoom and you can see the properties, you know, on the internet, you can see them virtually, but there's nothing like going in to a property and, you know, stepping on the floor, seeing the actual space in real life. I think I, I, I'm sure you'll agree with that. Absolutely. And, and let's face it, if if you're in a market where there's a lineup of 100 people trying to get into a listing, well, you've already got all the activity you need, if not more. And, uh, you know, and nowadays, I mean, there's still lots of buyers out there, but I want to open up the doors to everybody because sellers aren't really that scared anymore of, of COVID and having people come through. So as long as it's done in, a, in, a, in, a, in the proper way. So, yeah, I think the industry is moving a little bit more back towards, uh, you know, hey, come out and take a look at it. You don't just have to have a 15 minute window to walk through and and hold your breath the whole time. I mean, let's experience this property. The market's starting to relax just that little bit. And why don't we, uh, why don't we take advantage of it? Mm -hmm. And we talked earlier about how, uh, when you watch stories about say real estate in the news, they're generally like a few weeks or a month behind what people on the street are seeing people like you, John Carlson, you're in there every day. You sort of see these trends as they start before they get, uh, kind of reported and, you know, analyzed and reported on. Um, so you definitely are seeing uh, a kind of a, a loosening when it comes to, to, to the inventory out there. There are more things available, which is a good sign. Absolutely. And, and I want to be careful not to, not to overemphasize, you know, the fact that the market's relaxed a bit because we're comparing, when I say relaxed, <laughs> I'm, I'm comparing it to like the all time frenzied high that I've ever seen in 26 years of real estate. So I still, when I'm working with buyers, I'm preparing them for multiple offer situations, which are still happening. And the market's a little bit more hit and miss. If you uh, are in a segment where you're you're not priced particularly attractively and you've got a you know a fair bit of competition, well, you know you might not get a multiple offer situation. You might not even get an offer the first day here on the market. Surprise, surprise. But there are still properties, um, you know, where I'm seeing three, four, six, eight offers, and you know, so the market is still is still very robust. So again. I think that's the job of a good real estate agent. I, th I think there's a bit of a misconception out there, you know, that, you know, you, maybe a real estate agent might show up in a nice car, wearing a nice suit, smiling, handing out promotional ideas, schmoozing a bit and opening up a door and then leaving. And, you know, some of those things are important, but, you know, I think that more importantly, you want someone who understands what's going on and can give you good advice when it comes time to offer. And especially, I mean, that that particular bit of expertise when it comes time to negotiate is important because when you're negotiating, you're informing your client uh, and you're recommending, you know, certain, you know, courses of action over others with your client, but you're also convincing 
the buyer's agent and the buyers to some degree, and you're defending your seller's price. And so the more information you have about what's going on in that market, the more convincing you can be when it comes to defending your seller's price in a, in a negotiation. So again, these are the kind of things that I'm focusing on. And I think it's important to point out at this point that with John Carlson, you're getting the experience, 26 years, uh, you know, more than a thousand properties sold, but you're also a, a 2% realtor. So that is generally lower than the industry average in terms of commission. So uh, uh, you're going to save some money with John, but that's where the Johnny smart point comes in. It's the point between, uh, you know, an affordable commission structure, as well as the kind of uh, experience you get with John. And I want to ask you about uh, some of the changes that we may see in the real estate world. And one of the reasons why you want someone who knows what's going on. Um, one of those things we've talked about before was the uh, cooling off period, but I'm wondering do you think, are you a little concerned that that might cause problems with people feeling like they can make offers and then not have to back them up? That's a great question. And, and, you know, just back to what you said a minute ago, any commission savings that you may have with me, which is wonderful to me, that's icing on the cake always has been. And I think a lot of my clients agree. And especially now you want to focus on someone who knows the market well enough to give you good advice. And when it comes to the cooling off period, there's been a lot of wailing and moaning, um, you know, out there. Maybe some of it's justified. I don't know. And I'm not going to get into that because I'm not going to be able to control it one way or another. But there are concerns out there of, you know, what are the unintended consequences? Uh, you know, anytime you take an established um, procedure, I guess, like contract law, and you suddenly change it, um, there can be unintended consequences. And I don't have all the details. Nobody does yet. But I'll tell you some things that are kind of being floated around out there. And we, we kind of alluded to this a little bit earlier. I think you want to make it easier uh, and be as, as prepared or more prepared than ever if you're a seller coming into the cool-off period to make sure that you don't give people good reasons to want to back away. If they can back away at a whim, that's one thing. You can't control that. But maybe you can do a pre-inspection on your house and provide them with a professional building inspection and any little things you know that, that you may have thought of may be all fixed. Or there's other things that people maybe uh, might want to think about. For instance, if I'm a, a listing agent at, with your home and we get five offers on it and you know all five of those buyers potentially could walk away from the deal we're looking at not necessarily just the highest price on the contract and it's never been necessarily about just the highest price on the contract anyways but nowadays more than ever and who knows potentially um we might uh, we might be asking for a non-refundable deposit to some degree hey you know we we want to put a $100,000 deposit down as buyers, but we want five or 10 of that non-refundable on day one. So even if you do change your mind, you might not get your money back. Now, who knows? Perhaps when these proposals come out, that might not be an option that's on the table. I don't know. But unintended consequences and reactions to changes are the things that are really going to be the details that I'm going to be paying attention to because my job, again, is to know the lay of the land, to know how to operate within the law, ethically, properly, to represent the interests of my client, because that is my job. Uh, my job is nothing more than to educate, uh, 
give good information, uh, good advice, and in the end, try to negotiate the, the best price in terms that I can. And, and in order to negotiate those best price in terms, you have to know what tools are at your disposal and how to use them. So this is the big thing on my mind right now, the changes that are coming. Uh, people that maybe want to avoid these changes, maybe you want to list today. I don't know if the market will go up or down with these new changes, uh, but there's a lot of signs out there saying that we've had you know one heck of a run. We're going to continue with a good market, but there's a fairly big unknown factor right now. And my job is to try to fill that up as best I can. So get a hold of John Carlson. JohnnySmartPoint.com is the website. The phone number 604-612-0080. Info at JohnnySmartPoint.com. So you've got lots of open houses coming up. Uh, people go to your website at JohnnySmartPoint.com and uh, they can come see you, say hi. And uh, well, good luck with all this stuff. Great talking to you, John. It'll be nice in two weeks to uh, compare even more. So thanks for having me. See you soon. Right on, John Carlson. And when we come back, it looks like being able to drink alcohol in some public spaces is going to be back as the weather gets better. And not many people are complaining about it. That's coming up next when Vancouver Consumer continues right after this. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong. And I guess one of the legacies of the COVID epidemic will be drinking in public. Because of COVID shutting everything down, uh, they decided early on in the pandemic here in the Lower Mainland to why not let us enjoy a drink outside in a few select public spaces. And they found that, what do you know, the world didn't end. And now it looks like the experiment that began in Vancouver a couple of summers ago will continue this year. On Wednesday, Vancouver City Council approved what could be an annual seasonal program. Council was unanimous in wanting to continue providing people with spaces such as the pop-up plaza at Camby Street and 17th Avenue, where people could legally assume alcohol. The Camby space was one of six pop-up plazas that operated last year between May and October. Council also wanted to open up spaces for people to consume alcohol who didn't have access to private outdoor spaces. Maybe they had just a small apartment or they couldn't afford to dine out at a patio. So how rowdy did those plazas get? What about the problems with allowing people to drink outside? Well, Rachel Magnuson, the city's branch manager of street activities, told the council that neither the Vancouver Police Department nor Vancouver Coastal Health raised any concerns over last year's program and the locations. She also pointed out that the city was monitoring the plazas and they found that only about 20% of people there were actually consuming alcohol. So it wasn't like everybody was drinking, only 20% of the people on average uh, who were there. And council also agreed this past Wednesday to an amendment from Councillor Gene Swanson to have staff consult with the Vancouver Area Network of Drug Users and the Eastside Illicit Drinkers Group for Education about creating a peer-staffed outdoor drinking space in the downtown east side. Uh, This is a little more hardcore. They say it could be a form of alcohol harm reduction because it's out in the open and uh, that could be safer for, for people consuming alcohol. The drinkers group has suggested Oppenheimer Park. Well, this is Vancouver Consumer. You can hear us every Saturday from 2 to 4. I want to thank our producer, Leo Coelho. I'm Martin Strong, 
and the news is next. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.